mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turn in your Bible with me to John chapter 9. We're going to be beginning in verse 35 this morning. And prayerfully, we will finish the chapter this week. I'm like, wow, we've been going a long time on the blind man, born from birth, blind, and Jesus opens his eyes. Remember the text? Are you guys still with me? <clears throat> and then after he is noticed by his neighbors, he's noticed by others that his blind eyes have been opened because, you know, obviously all of us, anybody, if you knew somebody that was born blind or was blind and all of a sudden they're walking around on their own, it would be easy to notice. And what we need to understand that if somebody, all of us are somebody, were born in darkness, spiritual darkness, blind with no eyes to see the spiritual realm, and then we come to salvation and the Holy Spirit opened our eyes, wouldn't it be obvious wouldn't there be a difference? Wouldn't our neighbors notice us as we walked around if we knew Jesus now? Wouldn't there be something, some dynamic that's different? And I think that that's where we're being led by Christ. Because, you know, you can, you can have all of your physical faculties working great and still go to hell. You can be physically perfect. You can be physically rich. You can be physically the leader. You can be physically in power. You can have everything looking like that you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's and still go to hell. You can, you can be one of two people. You can either come to salvation and believe in Jesus, or you can keep hardening your heart when you hear truth. Jesus has come to give us light to give us truth, to wake us up, to take our judgment, and to give us salvation and a new nature to live by. And there's only two kinds of people. Those who hear that message and soften their heart and believe by faith, and those who continue to think they're okay and harden their heart and live their own way according to their own standard to continue to be religious. And it hasn't ever changed. It's always been this way for everybody that we have to hear God and he gives light and he opens our eyes. Have your eyes been opened? Then if they've been opened, have your neighbors noticed? Do people around you notice? Are people actually talking about it? Because this man goes and is taken before religious leaders. Those that are religious, listen, they're religious. We're not saying they're saved, they're religious. We're not saying that they know God, they're religious. They have their own legalistic practices and they tell him, since you don't do it our way, we're going to cast you out. They kick him out of the synagogue. And in, that, in this case, it means... It means more than that because everything about the Jewish citizen was traced all the way back to Adam and Eve. Their, their entire lineage is traced back. You lose everything if you lose your position in the synagogue and the religious leaders do not recognize you. <clears throat> you become like a leper. You become like one who can't do anything in society. You're going to have no doors open to you. And that's what we've seen as we've come up to this and move forward in it as we see Jesus makes clay and heals a man that was blind from birth. And it causes all of this controversy. And of course, some believe and some disbelieve. Some are in unbelief as to who he was. And then we see the simple wisdom of God upon this man. 
we see the simple wisdom of God, not the complicated religion of man, but the simple wisdom of God when this man says, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 31, <clears throat> 9:31, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. <clears throat> That's when they answered him. And they said, you were completely born in sins. And are you teaching us? And they cast him out. They pushed him out. They thrust him out of their religious synagogue. Did you see verse 33? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. We're going to get to that eventually. And I'd like to just bring it up that in John 15, 5, that Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man abide in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And we see the same thing going on here. Jesus heals a physical malady, but the whole time he's speaking to this man or drawing this man, leading this man to where? To himself. We talked about it last week. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And then we've seen that Judas actually lifted up his heel against Christ. And so, that, again, two, two roads, two places. Either you and I are going to come to salvation and be led to Christ and lift up Christ, or we're going to keep lifting up our heel against him. And so we see, I like, I like that chapter 10 as we move forward, <clears throat> we're seeing that Jesus is leading this man to himself. Chapter 10 is going to be about the good shepherd. And that nobody can come in unless they come in through the door, through Christ. So he's leading him right to himself. And I would ask you this morning, have you come to church? Have you come to religion? Or have you come to Christ in a relationship? Are you coming to a relationship where you can hear his voice? You can articulate what he's saying. You're coming to know him personally in a marriage relationship, and you're beginning to follow him and obey him and be conformed to his image and do the things that he's doing, which, again, is all you're going to ever hear from me is the reconciliation of souls. That's why Jesus is here. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. That's why he came is to bring light, but truth, to wake us up in our darkness from our sleep and to save souls. All of that goes together because when you really think about it, the darkness is blindness. You ever try to get up in the dark? We talked about this. I, I, you get up and you hit your toe on the corner of the bed. But when you have light, you can see clearly what is going on. And this is the light of the world that has come to wake us up from our darkness, to wake us up from our sleep, to, to rouse us from that sleep. And religious people will say, well, you're in sin. You don't have anything to say. But I will tell you that the whole body of Christ has something to say. All of us are called to be witnesses. In fact, in Acts 1.8, he says, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses for me throughout Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's not one person. That's everybody in the body of Christ. When the Spirit comes in and gives you light, when the Spirit comes in and removes your spiritual blind eyes, because it's not about our physical eyes. It's about the spiritual eyes. If you die without spiritual eyes to see, you're going to go to hell. You're going to remain in outer darkness for eternity. But when your eyes are open, we come to life. We come to Christ. We come to truth. We come to follow the light of the world. And he is the door. He's the way out of this world and the way into heaven. There is no other way. Just as the scriptures proclaim, there's no other name by which men can be saved but the name of Christ Jesus. And name is always your authority, your character, your nature, your will. Every road leads right back to Jesus. 
if we believe in Christ? Have your eyes been open? Have you come to him? If not, then ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your blind eyes because this book is spiritually discerned. The kingdom of God is spiritually discerned. It's not about the physical because you're going to see in the physical things that you want to emotionally be charged and deal with. But God in his spirit will say, no, don't do that. And you have to be listening to the Spirit of God in order to be a child of God because it says in Romans 8, 14, do you guys know this verse yet? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Listen to me. We don't want to be led by sight. So even though our eyes are open, our physical eyes are open, we can't see spiritual with these eyes. We have to see it with our heart. We have to see it by being led by the truth, by the Spirit of God, by what He's telling us to do, because our own physical eyes will lie to us. Our own physical eyes will lead us in a ditch if we're not applying truth, if we're not allowing the Spirit to lead us. So again, I just want to continue to remind you that you need to get into the word prayer and fellowship to actively be a part of the body of Christ, to actively be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not going to lead you to continue to be a lone wolf on your own where you're separated, like the separatist here, that will not even receive Christ. They will not receive the light of the world. The, the, the Spirit of God is not going to lead you to be alone. The devil does that. He wants you to, get, uh, to, to, to take you and get you away so he can decimate you. He can destroy you. We're going to see in chapter 10 that he has come, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good shepherd comes and lays his life down for the sheep. And if your eyes are open, we can't keep doing what we've always done. Your life radically changes. Listen, salvation radically changes a life. Because now you're no longer stumbling around into the darkness, bumping your toes on beds. You're no longer stumbling around in darkness, wondering what it's all about. Wondering what life is about. Wondering what I should be doing. I wonder if I could find excitement or fun or, or a fulfillment in this or that or this. And then you know when your eyes come open that you were born for what Christ has for you. And you give up everything that's in the world. In fact, you become spiritually, or excuse me, physically blind because now we walk by faith, following the author and the finisher of our faith. So no matter what we see, we still follow truth. No matter what you see with your physical eyes, you're still following truth. It doesn't matter. So you become, in a sense, physically blind to what you're being fed, physically blind to what you're taking in and you you filter it through the spiritual eyes of the word of God you put on the sunglasses of the word of God that the spirit of God is leading you through and you ask for wisdom and you begin to filter everything through spiritual eyes and you and I can't see the spiritual realm, but we're told in the gospel that it's true, that it's there, that there's demons, that there's a battle, an angelic conflict, if you will, of spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so we know that it's going on. We can see the results of it in life, in lawlessness, in certain parts of town and in cities and places. You can see the, 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 the spiritual realm being given full control of a life. Or you can keep following physical eyes and living in a physical way and ignoring what God has to say. Listen, before we begin, oh, I've been going, haven't I? Before we begin, it's okay if the world casts you out. It's okay if the religious establishment casts you out. It's okay if you don't feel like you belong because if you know Jesus, this is not your home. You're pilgrims here. We, we are the aliens. We're mere passerbyers. This is not our home. We're here behind enemy lines. 
We're POWs sometimes if we don't understand this truth. If our eyes aren't open, we become prisoners of war down here. But listen, if you do not feel comfortable, it's okay that they cast you out because you belong to Christ. If you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus, this is not your home. Let's read, and I want to continue this, and hopefully... Um, by the grace of God, my flesh will get out of the way. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. And if you didn't have a chapter break, listen to me, it would go on. Jesus would continue. He would say, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Now listen, I read that, but we'll probably cover that next week. But notice, they didn't understand the things because they're spiritually blind. They have their own way of religion, and they just cast out one that Jesus is drawing to him. So keep that in mind for next week. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes that we might see Jesus, that we might know him, that we might have a relationship with him and that we might follow him as he leads us out of this dark, dark world that's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Pour out your spirit upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. So this man is cast out of the synagogue. Here he is. He's trying to give testimony. He's trying to to say, I was once blind. He's trying to, to, to just simply give wisdom That if this man was not from God, he couldn't do anything. And this man made clay, and he gave him a command to go. He sent him, and he went and obeyed, and his eyes were open. He was healed completely. And because he met Jesus, they cast him out of the synagogue. Listen, that's something that when people will not receive you, it's okay. If they don't receive you, they first rejected Jesus. They rejected Jesus first. So if you're being a witness of Jesus, the world is not going to accept you. <clears throat> Listen, I don't care if, it, if they call themselves the religious authorities. I don't care if they call themselves pastor. I don't care what they say if they're Christians. If they don't receive you, there's something wrong, isn't there? If they want to cast you away when all you're speaking is the word of God in truth, I always think about the only time I've ever been in trouble at work is for sharing the gospel. And it was always by some Christian who called in that didn't like what I was saying. And all I was sharing was the Bible. And I I mean, it's just a testimony against them. If you get mad about the word of God, if you don't want to be in the word of God, if you don't want to conform to the word of God and begin to follow the word of God and hear what the word of God is saying and become a doer of the word and not a hearer only, you need to find out why. You need to say, Lord Jesus, 
I believe in you. I know you died and rose again, but why do I not want to be involved? Why is my flesh still ruling my life and leading my life? Why am I still living by sight instead of by faith? Following the altar and the finisher of my faith, we need to come back to God and ask him, what is the problem? And he wants to give us wisdom. He's coming. He's searching for the lost sheep. He's looking for those who are still out there. He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And believe me, repentance is the place. Metanoia. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction. You stop listening to the world and the religious leaders and the government, and you begin to listen to the Spirit of God. The light of the world who's come to lead us out of darkness. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It looks right where you're standing at and says you're standing in the wrong place. Follow me because I love you and I died for you. And then you begin to follow him. No matter what you think you see with your eyes. No matter what you think you already know. Everything that you think you know is suspect especially if it doesn't line up with the truth of the Word of God. No matter how clearly you see thousands or millions of other people following some truth, it's a lie if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Truth is a person, and truth has came to save us. And we need to wake up to this. We really do. Because, see, the entire nation of Israel is blind not going to go there. You can read chapter 11 of Romans. They're blind in part because of us, the age of the Gentiles. They were blinded in the other part because of their own reaping. They continued to sow and do their own thing and follow their own system and make up their own religion and ignore God, and they became apostate. And God let them have what they were seeking after. But he hasn't forgotten them. He hasn't given up on them. Just as he grafted you and I as a wild olive branch into the root, he can graft them back in. But they're blind in part. Well, they're, they're spiritually blind. Because that's what's most important. Because we're spirits, remember? We're spirits in a body. Whether I can see with my physical eyes does not matter. My maladies do not matter. But what happens in the world? What happens in the flesh? What happens in our fight? What happens in this trial in the wilderness as we harden our heart? Everything that we do, we get our eyes fixed on the physical, the carnal. And God is saying, stop. Get your eyes fixed on the spiritual. Open your spiritual eyes. You're, being, you're blinding yourself on purpose spiritually, even though I've opened your eyes. You continue to reject the Word of God and keep looking at the physical. You're blinding your own spiritual eyes. I'm trying to give you spiritual insight, but you're rejecting the Word. You're not reading the Word. You don't want to fellowship with the Word. You don't want to follow the Word. And yet, Proverbs 6.23 says, The law is a lamp and the Word is a light. Reproofs of correction are the way of life. In other words, we see the word. We see what's going on. We're in the wilderness. There's a big trial and the reproving, the, the sanctifying and the cleansing, the washing, the purifying, the, the, the reproofs of correction are the way of life. Everything is there for us to learn from, to be corrected so we can be purified and he can give us more light, more light and more light. But when we reject them, we don't just take the first light and act upon it and become doers. We're saying, no, no, I like my darkness. No, Jesus, instead of yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Now, I remember I was talking about this song when we were singing it, that, that uh, uh, Peter said, not so, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. But God just changed his mind. God just gave him a command to rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he was trying to, to let him understand that the Gentiles were coming in and that nothing God had ever made was unclean, that, he, that he's purifying these things. And Peter was arguing with God. 
Are you finding yourself arguing with God the way Jacob did? That's the old nature. You're not receiving the love of the truth and arguing with God instead of just simply surrendering to the wisdom of God. What did they just do? They cast out this man that was born blind and has been healed and said, are you teaching us? You are altogether born in sins. Well, so were they. But they think they're different. They think that there's, and, and, you know, remember I've told you all the time that God hates the work of the Nicolaitans. Nico means above the laity. And this is what happens when you build religious systems and you try to get beyond them. And, and it's not just the people that does that, the Nicolaitans, but, but people in the pews. They be, if they ignore light, if they won't read the Word of God, if they won't pray, if they won't spend time with the Holy Spirit and be, and be uh, taught, then they begin to think that other people are rock stars. Then they begin to look and read their books, and they think that those people have some spiritual insights that they're not privy to. And then they begin to reap that. They begin to actually think that they are inferior to other people. But all of us are the body of Christ. All of us have been given gifts. All of us are called for a purpose, and we're all supposed to be involved, listening to the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. But if we ignore it, we reject it, we refuse it, you're either believing or unbelieving. You're either believing or unbelieving. There's only two ways, and this is speaking of your spiritual eyes, either believing or unbelieving. Now, in Psalms 95, 8, the psalmist says, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of the trial in the wilderness. Do you understand that we're in a courtroom? Do you understand that we're going through some trials? Do you understand that reproofs and correction are the way of life and how you deal with the trial with the word of God and the spirit of God, not by what you see, not by where you want to go, but where God tells you to go and tells you to do. This is the jury trial that's going on. The judgment has been taken. Judgment has been taken at the cross. Jesus took all of our judgment. But now you have to choose to receive it. You have to choose to, to follow his word, to be led by his word, to be led by his spirit, to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we have fellowship with one another, the one another ministry. But when we go out and we just do our own thing and we get isolated, then the devil begins to decimate us. And then we begin to reap what we're sowing. We go out and we, 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 we disband and we go, nah, I'm going to just go do what I want to do. And we don't become part of the body. We don't become part of what's going on. Now listen, it's always going to happen. The sheep and the goat live together. Jesus talks about this a lot. The, the wheat and the tare, they're together. And I love the wheat and the tare because wheat and tares look just alike. They look just alike. They look just like this. But as you begin to receive the light of the word of God and you begin to let the light water you and cleanse you and the word begins to grow, you know what happens with real with real wheat, it grows fruit. And then the head gets heavy and it begins to humble itself. A tear will keep looking just like it always looked because there's nothing in it. And it stays proud and it stays stood up and it doesn't humble itself because the more fruit you grow, the more light you get, the more the Holy Spirit washes and cleanses you, the more fruit you'll grow for the harvest. And you'll bow down and you'll want more and you'll go, the more I grow, I don't even understand grace. I don't understand this, Lord, but I want to be led by you. I don't want to be led by my own eyes, my own strength, my own power, my own desires, because they will lead me back to hell. They will lead me back into a ditch. They will lead me into apostasy and to doing my own thing in my religious, pretentious, uh, pretending ways. And that's what's going on here. And somebody who's meeting Jesus, being drawn to Jesus, his eyes have been opened by Jesus. He hasn't come to salvation yet. That's where God's bringing him. Listen, the religious people cast him out. They say, I'm not going to deal with you. I don't want to deal with you. We don't, you're altogether born in sins. And we are very spiritual here. And this man healed on the Sabbath day, so he's not from God. Be careful what you say is not from God. When I read my Bible, they're always rejecting God. And they have an upside-down view because they don't have spiritual eyes. And they see things differently. 
But when you're led by the Spirit of God and the Word of God for the glory of God, it doesn't matter whether you're accepted. Because when you're cast out, what happens? Jesus comes. And he gathers you up and he makes you his own. He's been waiting for you to say no to the world and yes to him. And to find out who he is. Look what it says. Jesus heard... Now remember, we're talking about the physical because he is in a physical body at this time. And he has to move in a physical way even though he's being taught by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, Jesus himself. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he found him. So we see Jesus went looking for that lost sheep. Jesus went looking for him because he heard the world had cast him out. He heard the religious authority had cast him out. He heard that he was rejected by them. And that's where he comes. He comes to the back of the line to choose his sheep. At the lowest point, when you have nothing more to gain, he found him and he said to him, this is what he says, and my sheep hear my voice, Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. Listen, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Messianic term, speaking of the Son of God who would come, Son of Man, some of the texts say, if you have the NIV or something. We're still speaking of the Messiah. Believe is the word pistio. It means, do you trust your spiritual well-being into the Son of Man, into the Son of God? This is what he's saying to him. And here's his answer. It may be your answer. Because we know that back over in verse 12, he said, I do not know. Where is he? I do not know. And now the first time this man is actually laying physical eyes upon Jesus. He's seeing him for the first time the one that opened his eyes. And he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of God? 36, he answered and said to him, who is he? Lord. Now, we can look at this a couple different ways. Lord is the word kurios, but it can mean sir, it can mean master, or it can be the supreme, uh, uh, supreme authority of the universe. If you're under the lordship of Jesus Christ and you know that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, then he's the supreme of the universe. But just in, just in politeness, he could be saying sir or master or teacher, and that's still kurios. So we don't know. I believe he's being led to him. I don't believe he thinks yet that he is the supreme in authority, but I'm not sure. I'm just telling you that it could be used different ways. He says, though, have you ever said that? Who is he? Who is this God that would come to earth and take flesh in a virgin? Who would, who would live 30 years under uh, obedience to his parents? And then he would have an itinerant preaching ministry where he was a circuit preacher for three and a half years. And then he would die for the sins of the world and that God would raise him up. He would make all of these claims of what he was doing. He's the great I am. I am the light of the world. Who is this? that would die for us. What grace is this? What love is this? Have you ever asked who he is? Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal if you truly come to salvation. He wants you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, into the image of God. And, and this should be a growing, a, a daily walk with God to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Not to continue to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Because we're on trial. We're in a jury trial. And, and the devil is the prosecutor. He's the, he's the accuser of the brethren. But Jesus is our lay advocate. He's our lawyer. And he's come down. And not just to become our lawyer and to defend us, but he died for us. Because really, if the gavel come down, we were judged guilty because all are sinners. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he stands now and defends us. And he says, Father, they're mine. And listen to me. We have everything we need for judgment. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? 
See, he's, he's hungry. He wants to believe in him. Who is the Son of Man? The whole nation knows that the Messiah is coming. They're teaching it. They're preaching it. And he shows up, and here are these religious people that's made up their own system. They cast out a blind man who's been healed by somebody who did a perfect work that proved who he was. We'll get there in a minute. But look at, just cl click over a couple pages. We've done this. We're doing it again. It's chapter 12. It's chapter 12. I just want you to see. I'm just going to read one line, verse 48. He who rejects me, Jesus speaking, yours might be in red, and does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Listen. This word is everything we need that the Spirit of God leads us through. Old Testament, it's all hidden. Old Testament, the foundation. New Testament, it's being fulfilled. Jesus comes and fulfills everything that was ever said. And the word is what we're going to be judged by. Think about it. When you go to school, where did they get their system? Where did they get their textbooks and they teach you and train you and then have a test at the end of the week? They got it all from Christ. They got it all from the Bible. Everything that's ever been done is either being the Bible correctly or the Bible perverted. But it all started with the creator who made clay with the mist and the, and the dirt. He made, he made mud and he created man out of mud and he breathed into his nostrils. He's the potter that's shaping the clay. The question is, are you shaping yourself or are you allowing the word of God, the light of the world to shape your life now because you've come to salvation, because your spiritual eyes are open and you are now being led by God? Or are you still saying, ah, I don't want to change my mind in that area. I don't want to change my mind there. I think because I said a prayer and I believe some false teachers, I'm okay now. I'm automatically in. Listen to me. Don't harden your heart. These right here thought they were automatically in. They thought they were the end all. They thought they were the ones that were answering other people. And they cast out somebody that Jesus is drawing to him. They're so upside down and apostate that they would cast away one of Christ's little ones. One of his sheep, one of his children. And they think that they're still okay. If we're bearing fruit, we don't become proud and obnoxious and make up our own religion and our own separatists and our own legalism. If we're bearing fruit, we bow down more and more and more and allow Christ to live through us. We don't turn back into twice the sons of hell. We don't turn back into a, a, a religious snob. We need to be very, very careful or we will cast out people that Christ is drawing to him. Be very careful what you do. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him, that I may commit to him, that I may trust in him, that I may commit my spiritual well-being to him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. You're listening to his voice right now. It's the same voice you heard when I said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And you went and you washed. So Jesus reveals himself to him. When you ask who he is, he will reveal himself. I think it's very interesting. This blind man that's been cast out, we see that he reveals himself clearly. But remember in John chapter 4, when the Samaritan woman said, there's one coming. He said, I am he. He wouldn't reveal it to others, but this castaway lady who had been married six times was now living with uh, her, her boyfriend. Says, there's one coming called the Messiah. He says, I am he. And he revealed himself. But he does not reveal himself to the proud. He doesn't reveal himself to the one who thinks he already can see. He doesn't reveal himself to the one who already thinks he can see spiritually and already knows how to do things. He draws those that understand they're blind. Not physically, but spiritually. Do you understand that we're blind? Do you understand that even today you're still blind? You might be able to see better 
I was blind, but now I see, but we can't see fully. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and Jesus does, and he's preparing us today for tomorrow. The trials today are for tomorrow so that we learn how to walk into the future and still be reconcilers of souls. Even though there's a battle coming that's going to be horrible, it's going to be hard, but we keep our eyes fixed on reconciling souls. Instead of automatically going, okay, flash, 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 get in the flash. We're going to go in the flash. We made a, made a red alert. We're in the flesh now. No, no. God's trying to train us to stay walking in the spirit. And then we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Stay in the spirit is something that we do. But by always reminding ourselves, we need to be in the word, prayer, and fellowship. That we are nothing of our own. We are blind on our own. We need the Spirit's wisdom to lead us into tomorrow. We need our daily bread. We need to have the Spirit with us and the Word of God with us and the heart of God with us for the salvation of souls in order to see tomorrow those that are hurting and need to hear the truth. Anybody read Isaiah 29 last week? That was homework, wasn't it? Let's go there. Isaiah 29. See, the nation of Israel has been here. We've seen this. I'm going to read Isaiah 29 and try to go pretty quickly. There's a woe pronounced to Ariel, which means lion of um, God or Jerusalem is who it is. It's uh, the city where David dwelt. There's a, a woe, verse one, and you move through it. Um, I'm just going to go start in verse 9, though, and just read a little bit and see what God would reveal. 29.9 of Isaiah, I think Hezekiah is king. And God has told him what's going to happen. We're having the reforms of Hezekiah. And I don't know if you remember, if he was with us on Friday night, you know the Hezekiah after he's healed and he asked for 15 more years. Then he, he actually shows Egypt everything, or Babylon, everything that's in his temple, all of his riches. But in 29.9 it says, Pause and wonder, blind yourself and be blind. Isn't that interesting? Reap what you sow. If you ignore the Word of God, if you ignore truth and you don't become a doer of truth, you're going to blind yourself and you'll be blind. You're going to say, I don't want the light. They are drunk, but not with wine. They're drunk with self. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. They're in delusion. They're not sober-minded. This is the way, even though the reforms of Hezekiah are there, it's not personal revival. It's not personal relationship. It's a religious system that's being followed. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. This is the people that would speak to him and all the false prophets and all the false seers and all the false things are going on. I didn't read verse 8. You can go back and read it later about dreaming and that's all they're doing because it is deep sleep that God has put upon them. And you know, in the New Testament, in Ephesians 4, he says, Awake, you who sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And light means you'll open your blind eyes. He'll give you light because we're in darkness. And then he wakes us up and he shines his light. And then we begin to follow his light. The whole vision has become to you like the words of the book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I cannot. It is sealed. It means it's closed. It means it's marked. It means it stops and you can't read it because God sealed up the book. Then the book is delivered to different ones, to one who is illiterate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. The word there is yada. yada. It's the word to know. I do not know. You ever been talking to somebody and you go, yada, yada? You know why they say yada, yada? It's the Hebrew for to know. 
And so you say yada yada so you don't have to fill in the whole gap of what they already are supposed to know about what you're talking about. That's why you say yada yada. It means to know. It's Hebrew for to know. And he says, I don't know. He asks somebody who's illiterate because they don't know how to read. Therefore, the Lord said, 13, inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts. See, it's the inside. It's not the outside. It's the inside that God's after. He's not wanting what you can see physically. He's wanting what you have spiritually. Your spiritual hearts, the middle of you, their hearts are far from me and they and their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men. Now listen, because Jesus quotes this in the New Testament. He quotes this very verse. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous, a beautiful work. That's what the word was, marvelous. Isn't it marvelous that you don't know who this man is, the blind guy says, and he's opened my eyes? Isn't that marvelous? Among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the lord and their works are in the dark they say who sees us and who knows us surely you have things turned around shall the potter be esteemed as the clay for shall the thing made say of him who made it he did not make me or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding? Listen to me, because it's speaking of the things going on today or the things that we're seeing in the text in John chapter 9. Because the potter just made some clay and put it on a blind man's eyes and said, go and wash. And when he obeyed, his blind eyes were open. And that was drawing him to him. And then he was able to have his spiritual eyes open. And these people, Hezekiah, who's doing reforms. Hezekiah's doing the reforms. And he blows it in the end of his life. And in, in that 15 years that God gave him, what did he do? He gave birth, not man gave birth, only a woman could give birth. The woman, his wife, gave birth to Manasseh, which means what? Manasseh means causing to forget, right? Used in a good way when Joseph named his first child Manasseh, when he began to, to grow in Egypt down when he was cast down there because he was being prepared to deliver a whole nation, he named him Manasseh, causing him to forget. He named his second one Ephraim, fruitful, right? But here, Manasseh is they begin to forget the reforms of God, the ways of God, the counsel of God, because the prophets are blinded, the seers can't help. And what do they do? They're making plans to go to Egypt. They're making plans to go to the world. Egypt is always the type of the world. Pharaoh's the type of the devil for you and I. And their plans are, oh, we see God. We're, making, we're revived and we're, we're following God. But our whole plan is to go to the world for help. And God has already told them they're going to go into captivity. It doesn't matter. Just like your, your uh, other sister, the northern kingdoms went into captivity, so is Judah. They're going into captivity. It's going to happen. Judgment is coming. But who are you going to listen to? Listen to me. And so that's what he says in 15. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us and who knows us? See, they're making all these alliances with Egypt, and they're going to try to run to Egypt because they know Babylon's coming. They're looking for help. We do that in the world all the time. We're seeking counsel. We run to the world instead of to God. They're doing the same thing, and we'll get to that in a second. Because the potter has shaped us. Let's look at 17. Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book. Did you hear that? The deaf shall hear. See, because they hear with their heart in their spirit. And they hear with a, with, a, with a thought to obey. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Light 
is, is being contrasted here. We want the light. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord. Are you increasing your joy in the Lord? And the poor among men shall rejoice, poor in spirit, in the Holy One of Israel, in the Messiah who we see on the pages of Scripture in John chapter 9, saying, I am the light of the world. For the terrible one is brought to nothing, and the scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for inequity are cut off, who make a man as an offender by a word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and turn aside the just by empty words. He's cast out. Therefore, thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. You ever thought about that, that God redeemed Abraham? Just like we were redeemed. He redeemed Abraham by faith. He believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. What did he redeem him from? Ur of Chaldeum, which was all pagan worship. It was all serving false gods. And he said, Abraham, come with me. His name was Abram. Then it meant father. He changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. And he still had no children. He, and, he, and he calls him out. He redeemed him. And, and, and he followed him. He wasn't perfect in it, but he followed him. He believed him. He trusted him for righteousness. Even though it didn't look like it. See, by sight, he's like, huh? chapter 15 of Genesis. Well, you keep saying this, but my only servant is, is, is Eleazar from Damascus, my head servant. And you said you're going to do this, and I haven't seen it. And then it's when God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Abraham. And remember, he was there with the smoking fire and the light, and he walked through these animals, and he finished the covenant, and he swore upon himself because Abraham couldn't. It's chapter 15 of Genesis, if you want to go read it later. And he redeemed Abraham. And then he gives him the covenant of circumcision. And it's a type for us of circumcising our flesh, cutting away all the flesh by following the light, by following truth, by being led by the Spirit, not following flesh and blood. Let me get to my point. Uh, verse 22b, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. These also who erred in spirit will come to understanding and those who complained will learn doctrine. Now again, this is talking about a future work. Now it's transition. It's talking about the future work he's going to do in Israel because if you go to Romans 11, you'll see that all Israel will be saved eventually. And it's, it's hard. I don't want to lose you. If I lose you in any of this, know this. Know this. Your spiritual eyes are more important than your physical eyes. And you need to be led by the Spirit. And you do not want to go down to the world for help. We're being set up right now so that the government and the world is our help. And that there's going to be these problems. And I don't know what they are. I'm not even going to tell you what they are. But whatever is coming down the pike on the, on the physical realm, it's to set you up to run to the government for help. But God has already pronounced judgment. And you need to run to God. And you need to learn to do it today. Or you'll automatically, in the flesh, run to the government. You'll run to what they're handing out. And you'll think you're okay because other people are doing it. Now watch this because he says it in Isaiah 30 and 31. Because of the king and the plans that Hezekiah has made. And he says, woe. He pronounces this woe to the rebellious children. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Woe to the rebellious children who says to the, who says to, says the Lord. Whew, calm down, Greg. I'm going to jump up and start running here in a minute. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. Where are you getting your counsel from? Who devise plans, but not of my spirit. That they may add sin to sin. See, this is what the devil wants us to do. Pour gasoline on our fire. The devil is the problem, and he comes in with the answer. He says, here, pour this gasoline on your fire, and everything's going to get better. Makes no sense. Who walk, this is, this is walk, this is how you're living to go down to Egypt. This is, and this is what he's saying. If you're going to the world for help, if you're going to Egypt for help, if you're going to turn back to the world instead of me, you are, you are pouring gasoline upon your fire and you're listening to a lie and your life is going back to Egypt and have not asked my advice. 
Listen, if God tells you to go to Egypt, we see it with Abraham, we see it with Isaac. He told him to go down to Egypt during a famine. But then they go down to Egypt and they lied. But if God doesn't tell you to go to Egypt, you don't want to go to Egypt. You want to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And we want to ask counsel from God. Look, who have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh's a type of Satan. The whole world's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Why would we want to strengthen ourselves in Pharaoh, the strength of Pharaoh, instead of the strength of God? And trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame. You reap what you sow. And the trust of the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were in zone, and his ambassadors came to Hanes. That's a couple cities in Egypt. They were all ashamed of, the peop- of a people who could not benefit them or be help or benefit, but a shame and also a reproach. The world cannot help you. Listen to me. We're being brought out of the world. We're being taken out of the world. We're taken out of darkness. The whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. 1 John 5, 19. Do not go to the world for help. He says it again in chapter 31, 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words. Judgment is coming, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work in equity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall and he who is help will fall down They all will perish together. Judgment is coming. So it's God. And and the horses speak of strength and power, but we want the Spirit's power. And then we want to make sure that we're not doing it in our physicalness, uh, but according to my Spirit, saith the Lord. Are you still blind? Listen to me. Are you still blind? Or are your eyes open to what God wants to do? Because we can go to church and say, I said a prayer and the Holy Spirit come in and we can reject the word of God and say, yeah, but, or maybe. And instead of following what the word of God says, where the spirit has given us power, the spirit has given us might. Do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Psalms 95.8. You want New Testament? It's three times. It's in Hebrews 3.8. It's in Hebrews 3.15. It's in Hebrews 4.7. They would not obey and mix faith with the Word of God. It tells us in chapter 4. Go read Hebrews 3 and 4. I don't have time to do it. They were in the wilderness. They wouldn't listen to God. They rejected God. Oh, we believe in God, but they wouldn't mix faith with the Word they were hearing and walk in the light. The just shall live by faith. We do not walk by sight, but by faith. Trusting God's word. I wanted to go there deeper with you, but I'm not going to. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the world? Or the word of God, which is the light of the world? The world's in darkness. But we can listen to the light of the world. We can hear his voice and obey him. Back in our text, 937, Jesus told the man, you have both seen him and he who is talking with you. We hope you enjoyed part one of a two-part message. Please join us here next week for part two. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Who am I?
Cause I